I just want enough of us to unite because a lot of people want to talk, a lot of people are angry. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Different Times Podcast. I am Daniel Sargent and I am here with me old bud, Paul Waller. That's my name and being late with my introductions is my game. So we were both just discussing how this might be a bit of a short one because we haven't done anything. We've been in bed. Yeah. Ill. Ill? Oh, you, we could have gone for the gay thing, and no, you went for ill. What have you been up to this week? Well, don't shout at me, mate. I'll tell you what I've been up to. Um, I have been listening to Iron Maiden pretty much non-stop. And the reason that is, is because we've got our Worst of Iron Maiden special coming up. Whoa. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait. I really can't wait. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, except to say I've not been doing a lot except listening to that. One thing I will say, though, Chaney, our mate, right, Chaney, our mate from the past, he listened to the episode where we played his new band's record. Oh, right. Of course, of course he would listen then. Of course he would. And then, and then he said, uh, you made that, like, mistake of saying, like, the best of Iron Maiden. Like, I actually cringed. Like, so he cringed because we like Iron Maiden. It made him cringe. Man's an idiot. What's going on? Do, do people think that? Do, like... Fair enough, you might not like Iron Maiden, but it's not like you say this is a Nickelback podcast or this is a status quo podcast. Whether you like them or not, you know, you can see why people What's would... What's wrong with status quo? Nothing. That's what I'm going for I'm with not, my hair. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. What I'm saying is that people have that, some, a, a certain demographic might have that, oh, you know, they're utterly shit. But you wouldn't think that of Iron Maiden non-fans. You would just think that, other people like Iron Maiden and I don't because, like, it doesn't interest me. You don't think that they're actually shit. Am I talking nonsense? No, I see, I see where you're coming from. But Chaney is a weird human being, remember? It's just the first time I've heard that thing. Then, we don't, like I said, we don't want to get into too much now because we've got to save it for the new uh, Worst of Iron Maiden. The albums that we talk about I always thought were laughable shit. Yeah, I guess. But at the same time, you, that's painting... We're going into it too All right. much. All right. All I would say is that I don't see it, and I never saw it from that angle, that like I made a particularly laughable to, to people um, that are into some music that I'm into. You know, I just thought they were part of the lexicon of, of the way rock fans are. I guess not. Weird. Well, we'll find out later, won't we? Yeah, we'll find out in the next episode of Different Times Podcast. Um, I had a good meeting with my boss today. You know how they normally don't go so well? Yeah. And usually it's to bring up something bad. Yeah. Well, sat down and he's a lovely bloke. I really like my boss. Um, We're a good team and all that. Uh, But he does like to tick a box to like just make sure he's done everything. So it's got, were you punctual? Uh, did you sell enough cars? All the sort of things. So he's expect. Murray from, from Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Not quite that bad. Right, got it. But one of the boxes is appearance, and mine said below standard. I'm like, oh, no. Got a suit on. What's wrong? Uh, I said, yeah, your hair's getting a bit scruffy. 
And that was the first time in like 10 years anyone has mentioned <laughs> that hair. you've got hair. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. And I thought I'd be upset, but I was like, no. Yeah, got some hair. I'm thinking of joining like Facebook pages for people with hair. <laughs> Just to find out what you do with it. That's good. How does it feel to like be growing that out? I drive along with my head out the window of the car just to feel the wind going for it. Oh, you idiot. Okay, well, I'm glad you got Mark down for something. That's always good. Did you listen to the new Downfall of Gaia album? Mate, I did. I listened to it two times all the way through. Is that how you pronounce it? Downfall of... Gaia. Gaia. Right, okay. I'll tell you who recommended me it, first of all. Uh, an old record of theirs was Andy, a bass player, ex-bass player, should we say, from Conjurer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he mentioned them once. Uh, it wasn't directly to me. I was stalking him on Facebook, and uh, he mentioned this band, and I was like, right, I'm going to dig that out. And I thought, hmm, it's a bit average. Yeah, Dennis Merklinhouse from Scene Police Records was mentioned, like, years ago. I put up uh, looking for something to listen to uh, at the moment, and he put them and Doom Riders. And when I listened to them back then, they were like crusty punky sort of stuff. They're a lot harsher. Yeah. And yeah, now definitely. They've certainly evolved. I think they've been going for about 10 years, haven't they? And certainly evolved. Like the new stuff is like a completely different band to what they started off as. Well, I know because of Andy, I know that they've, uh, they've got the very big underground uh, sort of fan base. That's a weird phrase, a very big underground. But you, you know what I mean. They're sort of, for those people in the nose, they're fanatical about them. Um, what did you make of the new record? It seems like it's three or four years too late. Okay. Like, it's got that very, what Deaf Heaven were doing on Sunbather type vibe to it. I was... Mm, I don't want to be... Again, I don't want to be the guy that slags everything off, right? But the bit I liked about it most was when they went all like The Cure... I loved it. They got rid of the heavy and they just put on that, like, uh, ethereal, um, oh, shoegazy, like, death heaven sort of stuff. Yeah. But without the heaviness behind it, I, I liked that. When the heaviness came in, I wasn't so keen, uh, which I guess isn't really making me one of their underground fans. I've got to admit, I was a little bit disappointed because it's the only thing that came out that week that I was really excited about. So, yeah... Should we move on? Because we don't want to be mean, do we? No. What was the album called? Ethic of Radical Finitude. Don't even make sense. That sounds like a skateboard. Something. That sounds like... <laughs> That's some <laughs> radical finitude, dude. Yeah, okay. Downfall of Gaia. Gaia. Downfall of Gaia. Gaia. Oh, fuck it. So what magazine did I get this week? No, Daniel? I've got one more thing to say. Ugh. Can I say it? Yep. Acid Rain, yeah, your favourite thrash band, Dan. UK thrash band, there's a, called Acid Rain. They have celebrated something yesterday, uh, probably a week and one day ago when you hear this. Uh, But yeah, Acid Rain released The Fear 30 years ago. Now, The Fear was my very first thrash album that I bought with my own money. Thrash. And uh, I was so excited when I got home because I knew all about Thrash. I had my cassettes that other people would take to me, but this was my first thing. And uh, sticking it on stereo, I remember listening to it. It's still got a couple of classics. I listened back this week. Humanoia is a great song. Blind Aggression is an awesome song. 
And then when I listen back, there's a lot of filler. It's not <laughs> as good as I remember it. Uh, saying that, though, um, we've got an interview with Acid Rain coming up soon. So scrap everything I said. Wicked all the way through. Wonderful, wonderful stuff, right? Yeah. Do you even do you know Acid Rain at all? If I put them on and put another 80s English flash band on, would you know the difference? No. Awesome. Is that some sort of test that's going to That is going to be a test. <laughs> we'll do that later. Oh, I want to open my mouth. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go through magazines. As I say, this is going to be pretty short, and you'll see the reason why when we uh, we dig deep. So, Dan, what was the magazine that you're bringing to the table this week? Well, firstly, you brought it to the table, Paul, because I didn't have a magazine, and you went, of this, and I don't think he looked between the pages. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me Guitar Magazine from December 1973. What year? 73. So it's older than both you and I. Yep. Uh, but to be fair, it was only 25p. I hope you didn't pay more than 25p for it. I paid £2 for this. That's inflation, that is. That is inflation right it's there. the bloody government but taxing good. our magazines second hand. It is, like, Guitar Magazine, like, it probably still exists now. There's got yeah, to be... of course it does. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. right, okay. Um, so yeah, it's from a time when everything was hippified and awful. <laughs> it's quite thin. It feels like a fanzine actually, so that's quite cool. And the front cover art that you'll see on the podcast art is actually quite cool as well. I like that, yeah. Um, but content-wise, it's really grasping at guitar-related stuff. Uh, so we got a review of a restaurant that has Spanish guitar players in it. <laughs> yeah. El Mexicano, 62, Lower Sloan Road. Uh, London SW1. Okay, the people are going to dig this shit. Keep going. El Mexicano is designed in ranch style with plenty of cane and bamboo. By any standards, it's a large restaurant seating 115 people over two floors with very attractive Spanish and Mexican waitresses. <laughs> the lively Cuban manager, Steve Cuartello, and genuine Mexican guitar music six nights a week. The atmosphere is unmistakably Latin American. Hey, mm. you didn't expect me to give you that, did no. you? I had to read this. It goes on for like another two pages, but I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> I think I did a good job with this magazine then. Mm. Okay. Uh, we got some reviews of what were at the time new acoustic guitars, oh. which I imagine now are all smashed up. And I just wanted to kill <laughs> myself reading this. It was so bad. Like Every time I flipped a page, Daniel, there was another review of a restaurant, of a, a Spanish guitar, of a flamenco guitar, of strings... I was like, oh, this is awful, what have I done? But did you get a lot out of the basic movable chords section? No. No, <laughs> I did not. Uh, I, I actually sort of did learn a little bit there, because obviously being a guitarist, <laughs> I thought, oh, I could do that, and I had to go, and I was like, yep, yeah, I can do that. Um, <laughs> but there's nothing really in this that sort of conveys any emotion or anything. It's all just, this is how to play guitar in the 1970s. Guitar Maker's Workshop was a good section. That had some thrilling advice on... Crafting Spanish guitar heads, and I've uh, just got a snippet here. Uh, Spanish guitar heads need careful design to overcome the potential lack of strength in traditional shapes. At the same time, you will probably also want to comply with the tradition. Really, a slotted head with a reverse taper, as used on most Macaferis and copies, is much cleaner and less likely to cause trouble than the traditional shape. However, 
with a little thought, some drawings and experimentation, a clean, functional, traditional head incorporating your own design ideas can be applied. Awful. Awful. It's pants-shittingly exciting stuff. I can't believe this. Is there more? <laughs> the main... Yeah, that goes on for it. And there's like adverts for like, I know how to play guitar, come and play guitar with me. And like a thing like guitar meetups, like where blokes just take their guitars and meet up in like a warehouse in London or something. Oh, wow. That, yeah. that sounds good. Yeah. I like that. Um, the real reason you clearly picked up this magazine is because of... The Who's guitarist Pete Townsend. Yeah, that's right. That front cover, like you just mentioned, so inviting. I couldn't not spend two pound on it. That's a pretty cool cover. Do you remember he said he uh, he was doing research because he was abused as a child? Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. where he was abused? Westgate. Yeah. By by elderly relative. Uh, it was at staying at his grandma's house, and it was wicked Uncle Ernie. I did a little research about where this rob was, and it's all it's along Sea Road, uh, not Sea Road. That's where I used to live. Um, Westgate Bay Avenue, where the doctor's surgery is. Oh, right. Right, so it's around there it happens. My brother nearly just bought a house there. There we go. And um, so, yeah, he would visit there as a kid. Um, and his parents were musicians, weren't they? I don't, I don't yeah. know the ins and outs. I just know that he visited his um, grandparents or uncles and aunts, whatever it was, uh, there. And it's weird that like a rock and roll legend lived right around the corner from me, like literally a minute away, uh, at one period of his life. I know it was a... a Absolutely horrible, miserable period for him. But, yeah, interesting fact. Well, you say that, but his grandma did buy him a guitar for nice. £3. Nice. Yeah. Um, it was a Hydra, and he was 11 years old, and that was his first sort of... his first instrument. Yeah, do you know that brand, a Hydra? Nope. Is it, like, proper old now? It yeah, must it must be, be gone. Okay. They're all rotted away by now. Um, of course, he famously started off playing Rickenbackers, because the Beatles did. Do you see the Beatles as an influence on the Who? Can you? No, when I read that, that was news yeah. to me because it's like they exactly they the were same. out to destroy the Beatles in my in my head. Just from reading like old issues of Mojo, it's like they're the new thing. Beatles is the old thing. Yeah. We're the Who. That's we're the, the way new I always thing. Saw it. So yeah. weird that in this he sort of yeah we wanted to be like the Beatles, so that's why I chose the Reckonbackers. Did you did you read the bit about where he discovered feedback? The article digs into how he came across his signature guitars out. Uh, it wasn't until they got famous in 64, 65, because they didn't even have electric guitars till then. Mad, isn't it? This so magazine's no so old. Did you know the feedback started as an accident? I do, and that's the best story. It is. Uh, I think, I don't know if I've read a better story than that this year. Tell the story, McDanison. Uh, well, most people at the time had their amps on the floor, uh, but he lifted his up to waist height so he could hear it better. And as you'd expect, there the pickups right in front of the speakers. It started to feedback, and he learnt how to incorporate that into his playing style, which if you listen to The Who, obviously you can like hear straight away. But it's cool how it gets quite technical when he talks about the different um the wavelengths of the feedback changing as you move forward and away to the 
to the amplifier. Yeah, he got really precise and uh, to the point where I stopped being able to understand what he was saying. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically the closer you get, the higher pitch you get and trying to control it is all... And how weird that this was stuff he was inventing on the spot. It's like, well, I say inventing, it was always there, but discovering and like utilising. And um, not being afraid of it. Because most guitarists at that time, I imagine, when they heard feedback, would have gone, ooh. Yeah, that's the worst. I can't believe I did that. Apologising to the crowd. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Next story. Go on, please tell me you picked up the next story. He's one of the original smashers up of guitars. That's it, man. This was so good. And he did it by accident because he rammed his guitar into the... He was bouncing his guitar on the ceiling, apparently, trying to get it to make some funny noises. And he went through the ceiling and snapped the headstock off. So he just thought, oh, fuck it. Better not look like an idiot. So he just carried on and mashed it up. And eventually yep. it even got billed on the poster as like the guitar smashing maniac. And this, right, is the story for me. This has made that £2, like a <laughs> great £2. Definitely. Imagine that. You've broke your guitar on the fly. Just within seconds, your brain thinks, I'm not going to look like a dick. I've got to do something about this now. And then he smashes the rest up. This would be alien to anyone else. And yeah, the band's right. just looking on, like, what is this guy doing? And he smashes it to bits. Then just like picks up another guitar and carries on like it was no sweat. Absolute flipping legends. And, yeah, it, it just shows you, like, it's these little mistakes that, like, bands will pull from one thing to the next band to the next band. And before you know it, you've got, like, Nirvana, like, Kurt launching himself into a drum kit and, uh, like, smashing things up, using his bat, uh, his guitar as a cricket bat. Mm, Jimi Hendrix like setting fire to it. Well, Jimmy, this is another bit, right? Jimi Hendrix was doing that stuff before The Who, right? He wasn't smashing his guitar, but he was setting fire to it before. Um, in fact, I need to double-check this fact. Hold on a second, people. <laughs> So after my completely awesome uh, Google skills there, it turns out that Jimi Hendrix set fire to his guitar in 67 on stage. So that's, that's actually what in in those days, six years is like forever. Things were moving so fast. So yeah, maybe it wasn't that extraordinary after all. Because like Hendrix was considered a, a lunatic <laughs> so yeah all right interesting yeah anyway i think what i'm gonna do i've got a couple of older things so maybe we'll get a bit more musical in the olden days every now and again rather than just like opening it up and it's guitar tabs and and natural sheet music which that was but um, overall, Dan. there was actually music reviews at the back of it, but I didn't know a single person. And it was all like reviews of not bands, but like just like Bruce Johnson plays the acoustic guitar, Christmas carols. I found a couple of things on Spotify, um, surprisingly, by these artists that were reviewed. And it is like Spanish guitar, like you would go to a restaurant, say, um, a, like a romantic restaurant uh, with with. Mr. Puggles, say, and you're both sitting on the table and this sort of music will be playing in the background. You sit and, on the table, not at it. Yeah, definitely. Nice. I'm with my dog. Um, with no rules, man. <laughs> We're lunatics. And it's one of those weird things that this music had a massive audience 
and it still does. Got Spanish like, guitar. There is, a, a, like, you know, like uh, a band like, I'm just trying to think, Architects or someone like that, to bring it totally modern. Like, they'll release a new single. Within a few months, it'll get a million plays, right? You'll, you'll see this music, and it has got a million plays. And you're like, bloody hell. So that's like, there's that amount of people, the same amount of people that listen to Architects are listening to this Spanish guitar music. Must be people in Mexico. I don't know where it is, mate, but it's a, it's a real interesting thing. It's all over the place. It's just because it's off our radar, we just don't deal with it. Talking about off our radar, should we go into rock sound? We have to. We really do have to. Okay. The reason I am bringing rock sound to the table, it's a magazine that me and Dan have probably not had anything to do with since the late 90s, early noughties. I never was a buyer. You didn't get it when... Because they were the guys that got me into like Hydrahead stuff, like Isis, Cave-In... Converge. I just knew. Yeah, you just you were there. You actually you did know, annoyingly. But for me, that neurosis was another one. So without rock sound, I wouldn't have got into that like post metal thing at all. And you know, elements of hardcore, screechy noise, madness, tomahawk they used to cover as well. Just loads of bands like that that I would discover thanks to rock sound, and that you couldn't get it anywhere else. So over the years, rock sound like Kerrang, like really, because got no choice, have to follow the youth. And the youth wasn't listening to what I was listening to, which was underground weirdness. So I sort of fell out of love with it, stopped reading it. So whilst Kerrang has sort of... Come back? Yeah, it's come back. It's upgraded and it's actually an essential read for me now. It covers like a gamut of stuff that I love, a gamut of stuff that I hate. What is gamut? Is gamut a word? Let's go with it. Gamut. Yeah, gamut. Right. So, and but it's also got a, a gamut of stuff that I don't know anything about it. So I'm I'm willing to discover. That's what I love about magazines. I haven't heard of this band. I'll give them a go. Always do it, no matter what magazine I get. I'll give a new band a go. So I was walking in Tesco. There walking I was. Walking in Tesco. Walking in Tesco. There's Rock Sound, and I thought. That doesn't look like rock sound. That looks like a fashion magazine. It looked beautiful. The cover was that lovely grain that I always talk about, which like when you bought your old Godspeed, your Black Emperor albums, and you would touch it, and it's like, oh, that's lovely. Lovely grain on that. So I have an issue. And my issue is this. <laughs> is it the band issues? No, oh my gosh. Uh, we will get there. So this is rock sound, and it's got this... As I say, a beautiful, literally beautiful makeover. It does look like a fashion mag. The one I've got is February 2019. It's got the, the chap called Youngblood on the front cover. Youngblood. And that's Y-U-N-G-B-L-U-D. Now, you sent me this to listen to. And I was yes. like, I don't understand what this is really. Who's it? It's like, I quite like it <clears throat> in a pop sense. Are we talking about Youngblood here? Yeah. Right. Because um, it's quite poppy and modern-y. Like um, somebody like 21 Pilots or something like that. Is it that sort of thing? Because I have no idea. Again, I have no idea either. This was my very first foray into music of this ilk. And who are they aiming themselves at? Clearly they're not aiming themselves at you and I. 
Well, no, they're not. They, they young blood. Do they want to be playing Reading? Yeah, that's I, where I would say so. Aimed at. I would say so, but also you know front cover of Rock Sound. Um, that they're, they're well. Let me let me talk a bit about Young Blood. I'll give you a bit of an introduction. So on this, um, we're going to kick off with Young Blood, but then we'll go through each one. So let me play you a little bit of Young Blood. So this, that's what we're See, dealing that's with. All right. If, as long as I know in what context. Okay. Well, his real name is Dominic Harrison. He is now 21 years old, right? So instantly, I'm double his age, right? <laughs> so like, I am not his target audience. And I was watching, like, I was researching, as you do. I was on YouTube, and he was on a Sky television show. Sky TV is still a thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, so, it comes up my bank account every month. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so he was on a Sky show, and it was called Divided. And he said uh, in this interview, and he looks such a cheeky chappy, he really does, he said that he is the voice of his generation. Now... You're not allowed to call yourself that. Exactly. Well, are you? Is that the thing now? Can you call yourself the voice of your generation? He's putting himself there. You know how Kurt Cobain was like, no, I'm not the voice of anything. I don't want to know. Like, that, that punk rock attitude, the slacker, uh, Generation X, no, I'm, I'm not interested. It's the complete opposite of this fucking young go-getter. Like, he's insanely driven. A very ADHD sort of, like, in your face, like any interview. Is he like a mumble rapper? Has he got tattoos all over his face? He does do a rap, but he isn't a mumble rapper. And no, he's got no tattoos on his face. He is just uh, a good-looking young lad. Have you noticed that? Every day at the moment, another mumble rapper seems to be like dying or going to jail. They're just really (laughs) unfortunate people. Um, Well, you know, it's a weird thing. Like When I see tattoos, I saw... Ollie Sykes from uh, Bring Me The Horizon do an interview uh, yesterday. And I was just, instead of listening to what he was saying, because what he was saying was useless. So <laughs> what, what I was looking at his tattoos and just like, and now I, I think I'm so old I don't even understand tattoos anymore. It's just like black smudges now all over his arms and down his fingers. Like he used to have swaz stickers all over it, but he's just like covered it up <laughs> until you can't see it anymore. It's bloody weird. I'm so out of the loop. I'm so old, and yet I, I love like young music. I love stuff coming through. It's just this particular strand of it. When when you take the guitars out, and they don't, they're no longer the the essential instrument. They're no longer secondary. They're no longer thirdary. They're now an afterthought. We might bring them up in the mix for the solo if there's going to be some sort of weird solo or effect. His Youngblood's attitude, right, he borrows from, of all things, like Oasis, 
uh, and that baggy sort of scene. So like that lad culture, like comes across like that. And he's got these terrible Elvis snarls that he does when he sings. Yeah, I've got an element of the streets out of it. There is a bit of that, like MIA, that I found a bit of that in there. But if you watch the videos on YouTube, if you just fire anyone up, he obviously is miming. You don't do live videos. Um, so, But he's terrible at miming. He's the worst. <laughs> and it makes me think that, are you doing it bad on purpose to be cool? Is that what's going on? Because uh, if, if so, that's super cool. I like that. But I don't think it is, Dan. I don't think it is. Uh, Lona is the good song. It's a great song. Uh, massive chorus. And I've got to give him his due. It, it's, it's really good. I think that was one of the ones you put on the playlist, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah so Lona is like a big hitter. Um, I think, like, looking at him, right, I'll give you some good and I'll give you some bad. Looking at him, he's a legit foppy sex symbol, right? you got to give him that. And the, the choruses are big. But every time guitars come in the song, it's cheesy as fuck. It makes me want to turn it off. It's got nothing to do with rock music. It just sounds fake and that's horrible why i said what what is he aiming at is he just put guitars in there to get a little bit more indie cred and get that reading audience rather than be like a pop or a rap <sighs> artist i don't know i don't know or has he got a mate that's a guitarist that just uh wanted to be on it i mean i i, I don't know in, in all honesty when he introduces himself i watched a i spent a lot of hours with this guy this week um when he is playing live. He's playing some festival. He's playing some festival in Brazil, and he introduces. I think in Brazil it's pronounced festival. Yeah, thanks, mate. And he he says, "I am young blood," and he's got his band with him. Not we are young blood. I am young blood. It's all about him. In all honesty, I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> I'm really confused. And when you read it in in rock sound, it is a fashion mag. There is a. Big picture of him on one page and a little bit of writing on the next. Big picture of him on another page, a little writing on, on, on that. No, None of the other band members. It's just all, all about him, all about image. And I'm sort of instantly, that's because that's where I first went in the magazine, I'm instantly sort of dropping out. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm into my music and music almost seems like secondary here. So yeah, that's Youngblood. So... I'm going to go through a few of what, what I um, found. I've chosen six bands in total, Youngblood being one, and I'm going to go through them in Facebook-like order. Okay, I think that's fair. Do you think that's fair? That's a good order. Ashland were the first band. Facebook, 6,500 likes. I give them uh, a, a solid four out of ten. It was too polished for me. Pro Tools, man. <clears throat> really bad. But even the... Just the rest of the production, it was so polished and sharp and they're never pulling that off live. No, you're right. And and I think the singer, I've, I've made the notes here and it says Asia Marie, she's on vocals. And I thought her voice, like she, it, she has to carry that music uh, when it's that sweet and saccharine. And it's just so thin uh, and bland. I, w I wasn't into Ashland, so... I'm going to move on. That's passable is the nicest I can be with these guys. Uh, Holding Absence was the next one. 11,000 likes on Facebook. This was much better for me. Six out of ten. I thought they had a real good bit of spunk about them. And the reason why I say that is because they were using guitars 
as a primary instrument. They were really, uh, and, uh, and I don't mean to say, oh, you know, if it's not guitars, it doesn't work, because that's not true. I listen to tons of stuff without any guitars. It's just if you're going to use them, use them well, and they really do. They, they have that shoegaze, soft noise, and it's really liberally spread throughout everything, but every single time you hear it, finesse about it. it's really cleverly done um a song called perish uh, i'm going to play a bit of that this band was playing a festival uh, I'd be interested in going and standing at the back and watching with a beer in my hand I wouldn't be up front I'd want to be able to walk out well yeah this is another thing I watched um, they were playing live in Amsterdam with a band called Trash Boat and it got a bit cringy they were too into it and it didn't seem like they it seemed like they were being into it for the sake of being into it do you know what I mean yeah. do you remember that band Sponge yeah it was a bit like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really know what to say, but... Fake I, it till you make it. Yeah, I'd say, if you've listened, uh, it's. I would say, it's like they've listened to My Bloody Valentine and Swerd Driver and ignored the bits that make those bands interesting and they've just filled each song with the result that's left from taking the best bits out of that, which isn't a, a bad thing because both of them bands are, are great. Uh, but... Out of everything that I looked at here, I'd have to say them holding absence and young blood to be the best. Uh, but now we get into the big bands, Dan. <clears throat> now these bands are flipping huge. While she sleeps, got to have heard of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three hundred twenty-five thousand likes. This band I gave five out of ten. I've heard of none of these either, so I'm going in blind. I started getting into this sort of stuff a few years back. Um, no way. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> when I started getting into music again, uh, and things like, I can't remember the name of them, but like Crabcore type stuff is what it reminds oh, me of. Oh, yeah, that band Attack Attack. Attack Attack and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But it's all got too much, uh, the production is too boom and too modern and it cuts between screaming and really nice high-pitched vocals yeah that's that's where i drop out make your mind up <laughs> i don't want to hear that and i know it's like a, a thing and i know it's a, a whole scene based on that thing but i hate that thing i really do like i was really intrigued like they jumped on stage i was watching them uh, live at resurrection fest as I said, I've been up very late a lot of these nights uh, this past week just watching YouTube, trying to discover what it is about these rock sound bands that I'm missing. So one of them, the bass player, jumped on stage wearing a Bad Religion t-shirt, 
It was raucous, it was loud, and they were into it, but it looked for real rather than like a, a bunch of young, young sponge-type dudes. Anyway, and, and then it was like, yeah, man, getting into this, getting into this, clean vocals, I'm out. Like, as you say, I'm at the back of the festival now. I'm looking for my burger. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going back to my tent. You know, like when Andrew WK played and I went, yeah, I'm off. I'm going to go go and sleep rather than watch a band. Rather than stand still and watch Andrew WK, I was so, uh, I don't know what I was what was wrong with me that night, but I was so fed up with life. I just thought, right, I'm going. And I just went back to the tent and rather than just stand there, on my two feet and watching a band that I've not seen before, I just decided to go to bed. That's ruthless. That's unfair. This would be fair if I did that on this circumstance while she sleeps. Um, it had been a long day, to be fair. It had been a long day. Um, right, they've got one flipping amazing song. Like, And I listened to about 30 different songs of theirs this week. Uh, they were the band that I got like listened to the most because they're just so popular. Uh, amongst people that I like, uh, amongst my uh, sort of peers. Anyway, their latest album, The Guilty Party, it's got a song called Haunt Me. Almost a 7 out of 10 on that one. Not bad. Let's play a bit. It's the It's just not for me, mate. Agreed. The next band was Neck Deep. I'm not going to talk about them because um, they were so bad. They're a three out of ten. Their video I watched was in bloom. And like, again, my peers really like Neck Deep. Pop punk from the UK. It's like breaking into places where American pop punk would normally be. Uh, great album covers, like everything's set up that I should like it. These came out just as I was getting out of that emo-y, like uh, emo-y pop-punk. Emo and pop-punk seem to sort of merge together at some point. And this is the product of that, like bands like this. Uh, and I was watching Kim, like I just put on some playlist the other day, and I was like, every one of these bands sounds like Pop Unknown mixed with Green Day. But do we sound like... Bitter old men. We are bitter old men. Oh, right. We've already admitted that you're 42. Damn it. I've been telling everyone you're 41. Give us some cred. <laughs> Shit. Uh, they did, they recently did this uh, Kerrang. Again, Kerrang just killing it right now. They have got this live um, video stuff that goes on uh, YouTube called The K Pit, where they invite bands yeah, to play live. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Mastodon were on it the other day. Mastodon were on it. I think Employed to Serve have been on it. Witch Sorrow were on it. Conjurer. Conjurer on it. And then you've got um, Neck Deep. They were on it. And guess what, Dan? It wasn't too shabby. So it just shows you, you get like 50 people in a tiny room and a band like Neck Deep is really going to work. Well, something I listened to was too ballady. And it was like, it was fine. From Neck Deep? Yeah. Yeah. But I've already, I can see why someone of this generation, younger than us would like it. 
like growing up, it's about love and saying the wrong thing and messing up and losing your girlfriend. But we, I've already got my songs like that. That's what like um, Pop Unknown and Braid and even like Green Day and stuff like that. They've already done that for me. <sighs> yeah. Do you know what? Let's move on. Let's move on to the worst, <laughs> the worst band from this bunch, right? And this is why I'm not going to buy Rock Sound again, right? Because they really champion this band and I can find nothing I good. I fucking hated it. 542,000 really? likes. I don't understand how this has been allowed to happen by anyone. It's almost like, it's no, it's exactly <laughs> like a boy band and then their mate with a guitar has just come in and gone, Jidun. Jin, 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 jin. Underneath it, it's fucking appalling. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. And with that, we're talking about the band Issues. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I actually wrote some things that I'm reading here. Like, capitalise them. Hate it. Gross. Splashes. <laughs> like, and what I mean by that, there's these EDM splashes. Like, like, here and there, just like, sprinkle a bit of dance music in there. As if that's going to make things better. Like, this band, like, Hero is a, a song that they do. It just has the worst vocals that I have had to listen to for the last few years. It's so abysmal. It could be something oh. that's come off, like, the pop factor or the X moment or whatever those Saturday evening <sighs> programmes yeah. are. Like, if they got rid of the guitars, just had it as pure pop and marketed it as pop to teenies and teeny boppers, whatever we call our kids these days, mm. then it could be fine. It's absolutely acceptable. But to put that to, like, me, a metalhead, is unacceptable. <laughs> it's unacceptable, rock sound. It really is unacceptable. The last band... <laughs> I can't talk about issues anymore. Um, oh, fucking awful, awful band. Um, Taking Back Sunday was the final band. Now, this band is bigger than I thought they were. They're 1.3 million likes on Facebook, and they're everything I thought they would be. After listening to all this other stuff, like they were neither the best, they weren't the worst, they, they were okay. And I can see, though, why so many hundreds upon thousands or, or even 1.3 million people like them. They are a slicker neck deep. They've got it down. Um, yeah, they're getting they're the end of emo, aren't they? Yeah. Like, I, or the I, end of our emo. They're like the ones that was like, we liked Jimmy Eat World and the Get Up Kids. These came out just after that and used that template, but got even bigger with it. Exactly right. They're using that very same template and just moving on. Did they start off on a good label? Were they on like Doghouse or something when they were little? Yeah, I think so. I, maybe. I remember like... Because we were still getting, like, even though emo that we had, like, sort of dying a death, taking back Sunday and bands of their ilk, yellow card and stuff like that, were still coming through uh, and still amongst the distros that we were looking yeah. at. So they must have been on smaller labels. I imagine Ian and Alex would like this band. I think you're right. I, I just think, at the end of this... Um, Rock Sound, I'm really glad I've got it because, as I say, the design job, the team behind that have pulled one out of the bag. It made me go and buy a magazine not knowing any bands inside it. And that's half the job. Just because I don't like the music that's inside doesn't make it um, uh, shit. 
Because what I might think with Issues being two out of ten bands, someone else might be like, Issues are my favourite band. Here's my three Issues tattoos on my arm. <laughs> I love Issues. What's your issue? And then give me a big thump in the nose. Um, it's... it's and then you just go home and listen to Issues by Corn, crying, <clears throat> exactly in right. the corner. I, I just don't get it. I don't get how it is rock. It's rock. <sighs> Because they've stuffed a guitar on it. But, yeah, I just think that, why put the guitar on it? Yeah, yeah. just be a pop band. but and, and do it right. You know, be inventive, be creative with it. You know, and... Because I, I, like, I'll give you an example. We've taken back Sunday. Their, their heroes must be, like, the Jimmy Eat Worlds. They must be Minerals. They must be Green Days. It must be that. It must be they're taking it to that next level. Because you don't form a band with the, the thought, I want to make money from this. I want this to get into the charts. You don't. You don't do that. I wouldn't recommend Rock Sound. I've got to be honest with you. I, I think it's a complete letdown, but it's such a beautiful thing. It's a bit like you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Quite handsome, but a massive letdown. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, no, I'm only joking, mate. Only joking. Um, so yeah, would you would you recommend Rock Sound? I'd recommend Issues. <laughs> <laughs> You've got no. It's thing we slag it so much now. You've got to go and hear it. Got to listen to the whole album. <laughs> Daniel, uh, this is the end of Different Times podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, please give us those Instagram likes and hits and hearts and and stuff i'm on uh, different times podcast daniel is on hellchild 619 on twitter yeah he's on twitter uh, i'm on twitter as notwellapod and if you do us the biggest favor we haven't had one since december now even though our listenership has gone like skyrocketing up and we're very happy about that thank you i would just like to say that not many people now are leaving like you guys are great you guys are shit whatever on our on our thing so please do that that'd be nice give us a five star rating because it uh, introduces other people into knowing like that rock sound is perhaps not where it's at daniel any final words but i wanted to tell people to tell a friend about us and tell a friend to listen like if you were into a cool podcast with two guys who were just like talking about music You'd tell me about it, wouldn't you? I would definitely tell you so all about it. So at home, you tell one friend. If everyone tells one friend, that's some maths I can't even do. I fucking hated it.